Wow. That was awesome. I've never been welcomed like that. I feel like I'm on American Idol or something. Uh, my, yes, my name is Jared Randall. I am a friend from Franklin Christian Church who Adam reached out to to help fill in this morning while he is on his way to Ecuador, as you saw. Let me start by saying that I already appreciate the welcoming atmosphere that you've offered here. I was here last night at the prayer service and now this morning, both times, I, was, I felt very included and welcomed. Um, that's something that my old roommate, Graham Strondek, always used to tell me about you, how welcoming you were. Yes, if you want to hear uh, funny stories about Graham, I've saved those for after the sermon. Um, we've, been, we've been friends since sophomore year of high school, so, and we've been, you know, just across the hall from each other since then, so now that he's away, I feel like I can break into some of our old stories like I should have been. And since you've been so welcoming to me, I think I'll give you the truest yet oh-so-boring version of my interests and hobbies. I like school, I like podcasts, and I like video games. There you go. Hiking, it's okay. Long walks on the beach, not so much. Watching sports, no. Playing sports, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sedentary. No, not sanitary, sedentary, as in I like to sit down for most of my time. So preparing a sermon is pretty fun, but let's just say, after standing up here for the next 45 minutes, my legs will be pretty tired. I'm kidding about the 45 minutes. I'm kidding about that. Okay. Today we're talking about Romans. Adam told me that he's been breaking up the book by order of its themes, and today we come to a theme in Romans 9 through 10 that hinges on salvation. And we'll think together about what salvation is in Romans. These chapters are very much tied up with that adoption theme that Adam preached about a couple weeks ago. And when you look throughout the letter, it's easy to pick up on an underlying tension around the adoption process that God brings us through. The tension is between Jews and Gentiles, two groups of people who do not want to see each other at God's family reunion, so to speak. And the Jews especially are having trouble grasping the idea that Gentiles, dirty, lawless, foreign, post-pagan Gentiles, would be allowed into this family of God. I mean, have you ever met a Gentile? Oh, wait, that's us. Yes, we are Gentiles. Anyone in the Bible who's not a Jew is a Gentile, which is significant in a book that's mostly full of Jewish people. But yeah, this tension Jews and Gentiles experience during the adoption process will be harmful for everyone's understanding of salvation. And I wanted to illustrate why that's harmful with a story that I'll be telling for much of my time up here. It's a story about, mostly about Yankees, as Charlie said to me. Um, we are a story about Maine, Higgins Beach, and a girl named Violet. Before I tell that story, I think it would be helpful to read the text 
uh, Romans 10, 1 through 13. And I think it would even be helpful for us to have the text open while I tell the story because it won't be on the screen the whole time. Romans 10, 1 through 13 from the New Living Translation. It's, about to, oh, it's up on the screen already. Um, and I think it would actually even be helpful for us to read the final sentence of the section together, which I put on bold on the last slide, and I'll remind you of once we get to that last slide. But let me begin Romans 10, 1 through 13. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but is a misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. And as a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commandments. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth, and don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. And this is one I want us to read together. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What is salvation? If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. These words, along with other terse life lessons from her mother, followed Violet wherever she went. These particular words, that if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all, clung closely to Violet and her mind over the last several weeks at the Higgins Beach door factory where she worked as floor manager. She had been working there for about five years and had been promoted twice. Jesus had been working there for three weeks and would surely be fired soon. Now, you, there's a couple things you need to know about Violet. First of all, she's a book collector, as in she likes to hunt for first editions of rare books. It's her most passionate hobby. Secondly, has anyone seen The Wild Thornberries? Okay, some nods from the young adults. 90s Nickelodeon, everyone. Violet is one of those very few people in our world who can talk to animals. Yes, she can talk especially to dogs and her dog, Kaya, who is a golden retriever. 
But today, at the door-making factory, there was another dog, Kibbles, a German shepherd. And dogs are not allowed on the factory floor, but Kibbles was owned by the boss, so they made some leeway for him. Kibbles walked slowly across the floor towards Violet, and she, Kibbles is a less friendly dog than Kaya, but uh, he was all right. When he came up to Violet, Violet said, Hello, Kibbles. Yes, I'm talking to a dog, and yes, I'm at work. And Kibbles says, I see Jesus over there, and I've got this hint from the boss that I think he needs to be fired pretty soon. And if you take your own initiative, I think things will go better for you here because in all honesty, everyone's waiting for you to fire him. Thanks, Kibbles. I'm really working on it. She said, she said this with a half-optimistic smile with a tone of kind finality that Kibbles understood and walked away from with his tail wagging. She had heard much harsher responses to Jesus' work that she could have echoed, but her mother's words returned to her, and her niceness filter stayed active. Jesus had just knocked over a pallet of door hinges that made a cacophony across the busy cement floor. This scene summarized his experience in the door factory and also personified Violet's annoyance as his manager. Now, Jesus, he was a middle-aged Caucasian Texan, which is rare to see in Higgins Beach, Maine. And he had this way about him of walking that no one else walked that way. It was a saunter, and it was a slow saunter, which stood out in a busy factory floor. He had a belt buckle, a big shiny belt buckle that he wore every day with the big words Texas on it. Another thing that Violet had not seen while working in her door factory in Higgins Beach, Maine. But she did know one thing about Texas, that people from Texas love Texas and like to stay in Texas. So what was this guy with his belt buckles and his occasional hat doing up here in Maine? She thought he could learn a simple job when she hired him, Violet wanted him to succeed. The problem was, Jesus seemed determined to fail. He began with the habit of coming into work late, obviously waking up minutes before. With her niceness filter on, Violet tried to coach him to come in on time and do his job right, but Jesus always seemed to forget his responsibilities, and he always seemed to wake up late. So as Violet has remained nice, her attitude about Jesus is not. Their relationship has gone from pity to frustration and now full-blown annoyance. And on top of all that, Jesus smelled bad. Something like a bag of old beer cans. The smell was faint yet persistent. Something that tugged Jesus along his path to termination. Violet had to finish building a case to fire him, but there was one snag. A hairball caught in her niceness filter gave her such pause that even as the entire facility turned their eyes towards her in expectation, she could not act. This past Sunday, Jesus had shown up at her church, and she had never fired anyone she went to church with before. Jesus walked into Hope Family Christian Church 
on June 25th, four days before the door hinge incident, with his gigantic hat and his belt buckle and cowboy boots that she had never seen before, but she was sure that Jesus wanted everyone to see on that day. Hope Family is, a, is not a church only for families, but a church that is a family. In Maine, and especially Higgins Beach, there were not many churches for Jesus to walk into, and their congregation welcomed him with open arms. Violet stood at a distance, wondering if they could smell him, and knowing that they didn't know how lazy Jesus was. The sermon that day was on Romans 9, but Violet didn't pay close attention. She was thinking about her need to terminate, because fire is such a harsh term, their new guest. Throughout the sermon, an incident after late start, after complaint, rolled around in her head. Slowly, she began to resent Jesus for turning this professional problem into a spiritual problem. Was Jesus a Christian? If so, why was he such a bad witness, smelling bad and being lazy? She couldn't imagine that he was a Christian, which made matters worse because she wanted to keep him at church so he could get saved. But if he fired him, he might not want to come back to church where he knew that she worked. The best case scenario would be if Jesus got saved this week, quit next week, and then hopefully never showed up at their church again. All of this was making her heart race faster and faster when suddenly, hello Violet, she blinked back into consciousness. The busyness of the factory floor was similar, but now Jesus was standing in front of her with a cautious smile on his face. Are you okay? Yes, too forcibly. Then she said a little more calmly, yes, sorry, I zoned out. Jesus continued, And I can't do a Texan accent very well, so I'm not going to try. But he continued. I was trying to say that I really enjoyed your church. They were very welcoming. Violet raised her eyebrows and smiled. Do you think you'll come back? I think so. I've been looking for a new community, and it feels like I've really found a home now. The two were smiling, but Violet was holding her breath. Jesus, that's great. For just a moment, Violet meant it. It was instinct to be nice when her witness was on the line. Unfortunately, it would have been unprofessional to ask if he was quitting anytime soon. Silence crept up between them as Violet remembered the pity, then frustration, then annoyance. She remembered his smell, but noticed she wasn't breathing when her pager went off. The plant manager wanted to see her in his office. After a friendly goodbye, she walked across the floor and up into his office, saw Kibbles in the corner, laying down, eyeing her, hopefully, as she walked in. And it was there that she learned that she had until the end of next week to fire Jesus. Now, that Sunday was Independence Day, or the Independence Day weekend, rather which was taking place on a Tuesday. Violet had big plans for the next two and a half days, which her car was already packed for. Her her dog Kaya had come too, and the golden retriever was hanging out in children's church that morning since attendance was down for the holiday weekend. 
Violet could not think about her plans or her dog or the preacher, what a travesty, because she had found a new level of annoyance with Jesus. Not only did he smell bad and had poor work ethic, but he was a Christian, a Pentecostal Christian. Not only did he not technically need to be at her church because he was already saved, he didn't need to be at their not-so-Pentecostal church where he was making his future termination more and more awkward. And not to mention the building smellier and smellier. When she first eavesdropped that bit of information, she was relieved. She could just fire Jesus and she wouldn't feel too bad about him leaving church. And then she started to ponder more and more. What if he didn't leave? What if it was just awkward and he stayed at, at Hope Family after his termination? With all of his peculiarities and faults and fashion and smells. Violet, she was too nice. She would have to leave the church if Jesus stayed to avoid any more unpleasantness. Her niceness filter was being overworked. This all needed to get out, sorted out by the end of the week. But for now, Violet and Kaya were getting into the car and driving. Violet lived at home with Kaya, so they definitely had that kind of relationship where they were in constant conversation. Mostly Violet bouncing ideas off of Kaya to see her reaction. I don't know, Kaya, she said about Jesus. What if we couldn't come here anymore? Good question, Kaya said, with her usual golden retriever smile. Maybe we should get out of this church parking lot before we discuss it anymore, before we dig too deeply into this. Violet reached for a pun about digging, but couldn't find it, and started her Honda CRV. Hope family was only a few miles from Maine's one interstate, which she got onto before turning off her navigation and reopening the conversation. I've just never worked with anyone like that, and I surely do not want to worship with anyone like that. It sounds like you want to fire him. It should sound like I have to fire him, but yes, now I do want to fire him. Kaya paused and then asked with a note of expectation, Did you listen to the message today? Kaya had been in children's church, but they typically go over the same text just in less depth and with more coloring. Or in Kaya's case, smiling with the occasional bout of licking and giggling. No, not really. But have you met Jesus? No, not really. But maybe I should tell you what I learned in children's church. Kaya began to explain with a sense of urgency that you, that you get when you hear a sermon that you think, I've got a friend that really needs to hear that one. She went over the two main points from their lesson, that one, Paul really wanted his Jewish friends to stay in this new Jesus family, and and that all that you have to do was to say that Jesus is Lord and, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. That's what Kyle learned in children's church that day. 
Kaya stared at Violet with an excited face. Oh yeah, you're finished? Cool, Kaya. Yeah, I learned all that in grade school, but that's great that you know about Romans now. She tried to say that enthusiastically, but it came out sarcastically. She wasn't thinking about Romans, she was thinking about Jesus. But at her, at her dog's words, she did remember a phrase that their guest preacher had obnoxiously made them all repeat at the end of the text. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Caius sat in silence after the remark, perhaps stung and perhaps just taking in the gorgeous main scenery. It was then that Violet decided to push, push Jesus out of her mind and devote her energy to being with Kaya and hunting books, her passion. Now, what Violet and Kaya were, were embarking on was an adventure, a trek across northern Maine, where the economy wasn't so good and where books weren't typically a, a hot commodity. So she had picked up a lead that there were several bookstores that were closing and that she would go around and shop these bookstores, maybe see if there was stuff hidden in the back of these bookstores um, for the next two and a half days, stopping to camp with Kaya along the way. And her uncle had given her the key to his estate, which he was about to put on auction. And she, he had given her license to go through it and find any books that she wanted to keep and to carry out with her. Now, as Violet, Violet and Kaya pulled into their uncle's estate, a sense of expectation dawned on both of them. They realized with almost full certainty that they would find gold here. It was a humble abode, but she just knew Violet killed the engine and held up her keychain to find the oldest-looking key. And before she knew it, she was in the basement, then in the small library, and then in the attic. With already a small suitcase full of early editions of books, some to clean, some to read, some to sell outright, the attic was a gold mine. She would spend the rest of her Independence Day searching it. Even still, the words from Romans continued to ring in her head. Everyone... Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. At 6 p.m. on Tuesday, she found her holy grail. Uncle Tom's Cabin, first edition, 1852. She looked down the spine. Everything seemed to be intact. Some wear and tear on the book, obviously read many times. But it didn't seem like any pages were going to fall out. She opened it slowly to confirm it was all in working order. She, about to run down to Kaya when she noticed a particularity, a note, not one of the pages, which was sticking out from the middle of the book. She opened to the page. It was a strange journal. Violet could barely make out the 19th century cursive but she lifted the page from Uncle Tom's cabin and read it slowly to herself. This is what she read. Well, all right. I've read halfway through this propaganda, and I don't know what they're talking about. How could this book change Pa in such a way? Or maybe this was just his excuse. He's always been a kind of a soft spot for 
the black boys around the farm. If I knew he would have changed so much, might have stayed or brought him with me. But now it feels, feels like I've lost la- half of my left hand for nothing. They sent me home, though I know I can still fight, and this is what I walk into. Pa has, so far, unofficially, adopted Jim. i got to let those words sink in. But that's not all. I heard he wants to adopt more of them. All them boys and girls who grew up on the farm as a way of protecting, saving them or something. Now listen, I've always cared about those people. Would never want want to see them lynched or anything, but I don't know if I can be nice about this adoption thing. Let them stick around, let them go off, but, but they ain't never going to be a part of my family. For one, they all smell, and I mean smell. They don't know how to wash or something. They can't read or write. They're lazy. And well, they just don't belong here. Like I said, I'm trying to be nice about this, but it's a darn near impossible. There's a place my cousin Fred is up in this place around, and he goes off about how he's going to leave the family and stay with his cousin Fred. Violet trailed off. She read that first part again. It was fascinating, but mostly she felt like she was reading about herself, and it didn't feel good. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. She thought this and added, even if they're not like me. Let's pray. Father, sometimes we don't want to admit it, and sometimes we can't even see it, but we've all got a list. We want everyone to be saved, to have faith in you, but we might not want everyone in our family. Father, thank you that you only have one thing on your list, faith in you. That's what you require to be in your family. We thank you for that. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So we're about to go into a time of communion. Adam told me a little bit about this, that we go off to the tables. And maybe think about how you're on Jesus' list and what your list looks like that is holding up barriers, these Jewish and Gentile barriers that we sometimes can't even see. So let's go to communion together.